if I had to start my business over today, what would I do differently? Hi, you guys love the personal questions, don't you, my friends? I'm your host, Heather Gray. Welcome to Business Mindset Mastery. I'm a mindset and leadership expert. I work with business owners, leaders, and entrepreneurs. You can learn more about me and how to work with me over at heathergrayconsulting.com. And today we're following up on an episode that I did about two and a half weeks ago. Apparently my answer didn't really cut the mustard and a listener wanted more information and wanted me to go a little bit deeper. So I had talked to you a couple of weeks ago about lessons that I've learned from mistakes that I've made um, and how do we learn from failure and how do we learn from missteps. I apparently didn't go deep enough or specific enough and she's wanting some more information on that topic. And I got to be honest with you, this letter came right away. This letter has been sitting in my inbox for about probably two weeks now and I've kind of dodged it and I've it, didn't know if I was going to go there. And in all honesty, dear listener, you luck out because my podcast listener questions pile has gotten um, markedly slim and I'm in need of content. So you get the question answered. I don't know that I had given this another go around otherwise, but I do for the listeners who listen to the show regularly. I'm not going to go back and listen to what I said two and a half weeks ago to make sure that I don't repeat myself. I honestly, I don't remember um, the the specifics of what I offered, but I'm hearing loud and clear from today's uh, listener that I need to go a little bit more specific. So hopefully I do that. Let's dive into her letter and I'll find you on the other side. Heather, I was really excited to listen to your learn from mistakes episode, but honestly, it let me down. Don't we all worry too much and work too hard? What I was hoping you would share were the specific business mistakes you made. What strategies led you astray? If you had to start over today, what would you do differently and how would you start? Okay, so (laughs) it's so funny to me that the questions I get and... um, And I probably, in all honesty, now that I'm talking out loud, should have gone back and listened to that episode to see what I had already said. But what I did is I took you at your word and you asked me, what are the specific strategies that um, led me astray? Where do I think I went wrong? And if I were going to do this differently, how would I start? And I I made a list of those things. Um, It's about six or seven things. And I thought I would run down that. And hopefully this answer better meets your needs. So we're going to give it a go. And the first thing that came to mind when I thought about this was that I started my online business um, probably different than a lot of you listening have started. Um, I started this um, not because I had suddenly been exposed to this idea of location freedom and time freedom and financial freedom or that I had any kind of aspiration to make money online. I started this business because my brick and mortar private practice was sucking my soul. I was so unhappy. I was so kind of, you know, you guys listen to me on the show and you're used to hearing my energy, and you're used to hearing my spirit and my personality, and I just kind of got flat in the practice. I didn't get depressed. I wasn't particularly like, you know, like it wasn't like a low motivation issue. It was just like a lack of interest, a lack of passion, a lack of inspiration, and feeling like I was giving the best of myself to people who were doing absolutely 
positively nothing with it. Like that ended up being the the overall feeling. That wasn't the actual rule. I have like such good memories. And it's interesting the number of times that I get letters from, um, you know, pre- previous clients who hear me talk about my old job and are like, oh my God, I didn't know you were feeling this way. I hope I wasn't one of those people. And in actuality, I always ultimately say, if uh, you know, honey, if you were one of those people, you wouldn't be writing me the letter because the fact that you're thinking about this and connecting to the thought and connecting it to yourself means you're engaging in the process that like it's not about you and that's usually the way I answer this question is so it's not that like no one engaged with me and it's not that nobody did the work but I started this business because I felt like I was tired of wasting my time so I hired a coach just to simply decide what was I going to do instead I'd already been a social worker in public agency for 10 years. I'd owned my business for 10 years. And once you're your own boss, my friends, it is really hard to think about going back to corporate. It's hard to think that you're only going to get two weeks of vacation time a year and that you have to like ask ahead of time for a personal day and you can only be sick so many times. Like it is just a lot to give up on. So I hired a business coach basically because I wanted to build a new business. I wanted to be my own boss in a different way. And I didn't know how I was going to do that. I didn't know if she was going to have me start freelancing, if she was going to encourage me to offer clinical supervision to other therapists. I had no idea where it was going to go, but basically I wanted to dump my skill set at her doorstep and say, here, this is what you could do with it, or these are your options. And it was in that work that I did figure out that I wanted to work with a different type of client. I wanted to get out of the processing mode that therapists are sort of boxed into a little bit. I wanted to be able to be more directive in my work and I wanted to be able to work with people for less time. She herself was doing this process online. I was in Boston. She was in St. Louis. And so I signed up to work with her and, you know, she was a substantial investment. Um, I think, and if you're asking for specifics, so I'm going to try to be specific. Um, I think I spent about three grand working with her. And then I think I upped for like another 1000 um, for help with um, messaging and positioning. But when I worked, so I was in it for about four grand at that point. And it was basically the coaching helped me decide what I wanted to do next. The answer to the, what do I want to do next question was, I would like to own an online business. I would like to offer consultants, you know, consultancy to business owners. And again, like you've all heard my journey with my messaging and my positioning. It wasn't quite, you know, where you're hearing it today, two and a half years ago when I started, but that was the answer. But I knew nothing about that. I am like, I had this identity with myself that I'm not tech savvy. I didn't know how to design my own website. I had no idea what she was talking about. This was a foreign concept to me. So as a result, and I I struggled to think about this as a mistake, but it definitely was a bump I hit in the road. Like I didn't know what I didn't know, right? But the thing that I'm trying to communicate and doing a crap job of is that I invested so much at the beginning 
thing, getting to the answer on clarity on what I wanted to do. Like I do think four grand is a substantial amount of money just to figure out what you want to do. Um, that I didn't have money left to invest in learning how to do it and implementing the ideas and the things. So I largely got caught unaware and unprepared and having to overinvest with money that I didn't particularly have. I had seen the writing on the wall um, for a while with my business. I had been saving money off to the side. I had about five grand saved to build up the new business, but I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And if I had to do it all over again, um, I would, I would think about that when hiring a coach. And I just, it didn't occur to me that the answer was going to be something that required more money, more investment and more learning. I, I, I just thought it was going because, you know, the reality is, is my, my sort of business experience to that point was I had really low overhead as a brick and mortar private therapy practice. I, I had like, I had my office rent that I had to pay. I had to pay for my license every two years. I had to pay for continuing education credits and I had to pay for my cell phone. So my expenses were so low that it hadn't really occurred to me um, that there was going to be more to learn, more to do, and more to pay for um, to get that all started. And ultimately, you can't own a business if you don't have a website. And I'm crap at tech. So then I needed to hire a website designer right out of the gate. And then I needed to learn about how do you market an online business? Because my last business, I had largely marketed through psychology today and my one page website that did nothing but was enough to give people the basic information and I was full with a waiting list and I never had to market. So I I really, you know, if I had to do it over today, I'm hoping that you're allowing me the benefit of my experience <laughs> from the past two years. I think that's implied in the question. I certainly am hoping it's implied. And I would use my experience to really map out what it is I think I need. What are the holes? What do I need expertise in? What do I need membership, mentorship in? And what am I going to have to learn? Because that is the first thing that caught me off guard is that I was constantly in that budget discussion from the get-go of the decision rather than saying like, oh, I can't blow 75% of my budget just to figure out what I want to do. It's not going to give me time to figure out the rest rest of the stuff. So that's number one. That was a long-winded answer. I'm so sorry. I've been trying to make these episodes shorter for you guys, especially those of you who listen five days a week. Um, the, the next thing that I would say um, is that um, after I realized that mistake, I spent a lot of time trying to DIY it. I bought into the mentality that you could just build it for free. Um, and you've heard me talk about it on the show that I no longer believe that if you build it, they will come. You have to build it, invite people in, have them take a seat on the couch, have the whole conversation. But at the time, I, I, I don't think I knew that. And I was really numbers crunching and I was paying attention and I didn't want to go into household income and involve my husband and household savings in it. I wanted the business to be able to pay for it. And and as a result, I floundered for several more months than I needed to, because once I realized I'd already, you know, blown the budget, but there were all these other things I needed and all of these other skills I needed to learn, um, I really should have been willing to either lean into household savings and ask my husband's support for that decision or, you know, go into, you know, create, get a business credit card or go into debt for it. Because I really do think that people sit and suffer in that 
newbie stage because they're trying to do it for free. But the reality is, is that's not what my business experience taught me. My business experience taught me that when my dad opened his Subway Sandwich Shop franchise, he had to, you know, pay first, last and security on his business space before he made the first sandwich. He had to buy the ovens before he made his first sandwich. He had to do all of that before he was able to open for business. And that's my experience with business that it, you don't build the foundation for free and the foundation and the quality of the foundation and the quality of the investment you make in the foundation determines, you know, how well this thing is going to flourish going forward. And literally I'm thinking about that right now. My home is under remodel and we just saw like where they're putting the landings and where they're putting the footing throughout the house and all of the care they're putting to ensure that the cement goes in properly and they lay the right foundation and they make the right corrections in the existing home before the remodel because that's going to set everything that comes up next for success. And I think that a lot of people mess that up for themselves. I think they buy into this idea that there's a low barrier of entry. You can do this for free. And I just simply don't think that's true. You do have to hire mentors and coaches who know more than you. You do need to invest in software and in technology and in the, you know, basics of the building of business foundation and people do themselves a disservice when they don't do that. Um, the next thing I would say is connected to this. It's all rather messy, but I think I consume too much information and implemented too little. Because again, when I hired my coach, I had no idea where this was going to land. I knew nothing about an online business ownership it was a complete foreign landscape for me when I decided I could do this. And I think that part of it is I believed myself that it was going to be easy, that with a billion people on the internet, right? like they always tell you, like all these people that are on the internet, of course you can get 10 to 30 people to know, like, and trust you and buy from you. And it is so much harder than that. And it is not that simple. But I do think that you know, is a result of trying to be, you know, learn all the things and learn about lead magnets. And you know how it is, especially online business owners, you learn one thing and suddenly you're forced to learn nothing. Not only do you need a lead magnet, now you need to learn how to make a funnel. And now you need to learn how to build people and get them onto your email list. And now you need it, like, it becomes the one thing after another. And I think that I created the story for myself that in order to do this right, and in order to be successful, I had to know all of the things. And what I've really come to learn, um, I've actually also learned this from Pat Flynn. I give him a lot of crap when I say Pat Flynn syndrome, but he really talked about the book that impacted him the most, and it's called The One Thing. And it's that we just have to focus on learning what we have to do next. That is the thing we should be focusing on, not the next 15 steps after that. And I really made that mistake when I was a newbie. I can look back at like screenshots I've taken of my podcast, you know, rotation that I used to listen to. And at any point in time, I was listening to seven to 11 different business podcasts. Every single week, I was listening to all of the episodes until I could be sure that it wasn't going to apply to me, rather than saying, I need to learn about a specific topic. I am to go to the podcast app and look about look for episodes about this particular topic. I learned everything, took all kinds of notes. I 
because I moved from Boston and then I moved from uh, Boston uh, and then I moved to California and then now we're living temporarily. My like old binders and my old work has now moved with me a couple of times and I can see all the notes I took. I can see all of the content I consumed and I can see when I like look back at my, you know, tax statements and my income and my receipts that I wasn't taking action on half the things that I was learning. So I would really focus people's energy on learning learning what you need to know right now to do what's next and then learn the next thing. And I think I wasted too much time consuming all the things. Um, the next thing, again, connected to this is I didn't have, I didn't ever ask myself if I had buy-in to a particular idea or strategy. I moved through the world as if I knew nothing when in actuality, I'd already been a business owner. I'd already done this before. So when somebody said that I have to be everywhere and get on every social media channel. I signed up for Instagram. I signed up for Facebook. I signed up for LinkedIn and I updated my profile and I did the fancy cover and learn the different Canva tricks for all the different things. Um, and then somebody told me I needed a Facebook group. And meanwhile, all the while, I had wanted to start a podcast, but nobody was telling me I could just start a podcast at the time. They were telling me I needed to do all of these other things, that I needed an audience and I needed this. Otherwise, I wouldn't be able to monetize, etc., etc., etc. And I think at some point in time, I really should have stopped and said, well, do you want a Facebook group? Um, do you really care if your cover is perfectly branded with your website? Is this what's really important to you? What do you think? Because you have already owned a successful business. It was kind of like I, I checked my childhood of working for my dad at Subway. I started with him when I was in the sixth grade. I worked all the way through freshman year in college. I, I checked all of those years of business experience and business exposure, checked the 10 years of running my own business, the 10 years of managing my own program, and sort of just pretended I didn't know anything simply because online business ownership was new to me and I hadn't been exposed to that. If I could do that over, I would be asking myself, does this resonate with you? Do you have buy-in into this? Does this make sense for you? Because if somebody's going to tell you, you have to jump up and down on one foot and pat your head and bay to the moon, you have to have buy-in into that. Because if you don't, like it's never going to work, right? So you, no matter how crazy and outlandish the idea is or how common sense the idea is, you have to have buy-in to the fact that that feels like that could be true for me. That resonates. That feels like a way I would like to spend my time. And I think I gave my expertise away because I had never done it online rather than recognizing that I had owned a brick and mortar. Um, and then I made the same newbie mistake that everybody made. I undersold my services. You know, one of the reasons why I burned out of the private mental health world is that I was getting paid peanuts for my work. I was, I let, when I left private practice, unless people were paying me out of pocket, they were paying, I was making a total of $50 an hour. So it was basically the $20 copay and then like 30%, um, uh, uh, from the insurance company because the other thing that I was a member of a group practice and that's a big old mistake I made but they also got a percentage because I was a member of a group practice they got a percentage of every billable hour I would never do that again but that's irrelevant for this particular show 
Um, and, uh, so at the end of the day, I was making $50 an hour. So when I came to the online space and people were like telling me to charge what I worth and I was this and I was that, I was like, you know, I ought already, anything over $50 was going to feel like a lot of money. And I totally lowballed myself and I undercharged my services. And I learned that the hard way, um, I had, um, an opportunity to, um, coach somebody who's rather influential in the space. Um, who I had been listening to his podcast and could have learned a lot from. We had this uh, discovery call where I talked to him and he said, listen, Heather, I think you're absolutely the right person for the job, but you have largely undersold yourself and your price. And I can't hire a mindset coach who doesn't know her own worth. Um, And I raised my prices immediately, like effective the next day. I didn't raise it, you know, quickly enough to get him as a client, but I never wanted to feel that way again. And I, I encourage businesses business owners to think about that because you never want to do work and be like, I can't believe I only got paid X amount. I can't believe I only got paid this. So you want to make gosh darn sure that the rate you're charging people is reflective of your experience, is reflective of all of the hours you have spent learning, all of the other people you've helped. In addition to, you know, recognizing your time, skill, experience, and the fact that you are offering an ability to transform some somebody's lives if you're if you're somebody's life if you're selling a service or a product you're relieving a pain point and people should absolutely also pay for that transformation so uh, you know newbies like to tell themselves a story that they'll raise their rates once they're full or ju- if they can't sell something for five dollars why why are they supposed to suddenly believe they can sell something for ten and so really understand the psychology of pricing and understanding um, the value of your own worth is a critical critical skill for new business owners, and I don't think people spend enough time on that. The next thing that I think um, happened to me quite a bit, and honestly, guys, I think that this still happens to me, is that my last business was so absurdly easy to start. Um, I had um, inherited some money from my grandmother. Um, I had the idea to start a private practice. So I basically worked my full-time job. I found um, an office space that I could use inheritance money for to pay the, you know, the first insecurity, um, you know, amount down on the office space because I hadn't had any clients yet. So I had investment money. Um, And I hired some somebody to do a website for me. And I got a $29 a month listing on psychology today. I was the first therapist in my town where my business was that had a website. None of the other therapists had done it yet. So we're going back a ways. And so when people looked up, you know, Wakefield Mass Therapist, they were able to easily find me. So what I thought was going to take me like a full year to go go from like a part-time or side private practice to a full-time private practice, I did it in less than six months. And I was largely full for most of the time that I was in business. And I always had a waiting list. So would there be drops in the, in different parts of the calendar year? Did people, you know, come and go? 
go, of course, and there were peaks and valleys, but I didn't have to work that hard. And so one of the things that's kind of um, chased me a little bit in the online business space is how much harder it is for lead generation, how much you know more effort and time and financial investment it takes to get somebody to go from being a cold lead to a warm lead to a customer. It just was never this hard for me. Like, honestly, it didn't. And and I say that (laughs) because I went from not hard at all to, okay, I have to record a daily podcast every single day. Um, that kind of thing, right? So I think that one of the things that happens is when I stumble or I, I lose sense of perspective or I feel like the business isn't growing at the rate that I'm growing at, I'm constantly saying, well, what's wrong with you? Because you did it once this time. Like you did it right before. Like, what are you not doing? How are you not showing up? And I blame myself and think like, if I have was able to be successful one time, then clearly like I'm the problem if I'm not successful this time without ever recognizing that a small town brick and mortar private therapy office is very different than an online business offering mindset and leadership consulting. I am comparing apples and oranges and it's just not going to work. Like it's, I'm always going to fall up short if I compare the two. And I definitely think that that was a mistake that I made. And then the last thing, this has taken me a little while to kind of conceptualize a little bit to think about how I can best explain it. But one of the things that I I think happened is because I had never heard about online business ownership, because I had never, I made the decision to do it before I had been exposed to any model. So I didn't even really know about membership sites or group programs versus individual programs or half day intensives or three month packages, like all of it was completely foreign to me. So as a result, when I, you know, people were saying, you have to build the no like, and trust factor. You have to blog. You have to be helpful in Facebook groups. You have to do all the things. I did all the things and I got attention and I got recognition and I started to get clients. I think that one of the things that sort of suffered as a result of me not being familiar with the online space is I had no idea what the options were. So I don't think that I knew where I wanted my business to go. I think I ended up, you know, in this, This is ironic because I'm always telling you guys to be in the driver's seat of your life and business. I don't think I ever got a clear picture of who I wanted to be, what I wanted to offer, and how I wanted to move through my business. I didn't start with a clear picture. I developed a clear picture. Um, And I think at times um, I've lost my way in consistency in business building or consistency with lead generation or any of, you know, such things. And I think it's because I wasn't clear of the direction. I was getting referred. So I took the client. People were pimping my name out. So I said, thank you and got clients. People asked me if I could help with their group programs. I said, yes. People asked me if I could help with their membership sites. I said, yes. And I don't think I ever said, okay, now that you're in this space, now that you understand it a little bit more, who do you want to be? How do you want to move through the world? And what do you want this business to look like? And what you've heard over the past month and a half or so of shows as I've tackled depression more directly and I've tackled anxiety more directly. And I'm talking about the human experience that business owners are not exempt from just because they own a business. And now that I'm talking to you about Heather Gray Consulting versus choose to have it all.com. And I'm talking about the fact that I still value and believe in the importance of one-on-one work. I think you're starting to see that I am undoing that mistake and I am doing it at epic record speed. 
that I kind of noticed that I was doing it, especially when I had that opportunity to go back and look at my old copy on my website, I was able to write the shift ship a little bit and get clearer on who do I want to be and more unapologetic about how I want to run my business. I think that's another key piece to this is that I'm not apologizing or playing small about the fact that I'm a business owner who isn't looking to scale in traditional ways because she still values one-on-one work. I'm not hiding it. I'm not putting it as a side note. I'm sort of really proud about it and I'm owning it unapologetically. And when you do that, that forces you and sort of leads you to this place where you're accepting and owning other things unapologetically. And I think that that has really given me direction and a sense of purpose and is really allowing me to move through my business in 2019 with way more intention rather than simply saying yes to someone because they've been referred to me or simply, you know, like pointing in a certain direction and people liking me, so showing up there. It has been way more deliberate and way more intentional and I think that, you know, it's helping me future proof my business. It's helping me be in it for the long game. Because one of the things I'm honestly really afraid of is that burnout is going to come and bite me again. So I'm really working hard to make sure that I'm building something that I like. I'm building something I'm proud of and that I can take proud ownership of and that has a sense of purpose and direction. So hopefully that's a better answer to the question for you. Hopefully that meets your needs and you weren't really thinking that I was going to tell you to get ClickFunnels over Infusionsoft or Mail Kit, you know, MailChimp over ConvertKit. Hopefully that this gives you some frame and was closer to what you want to hear. I'm always happy and willing to share personal experience um, for the betterment of a lesson and to inspire and motivate you guys. But you also have a responsibility to do something with it and to do something next because listening to me talk about it, like you're going to be in the same place same time next year, unless you go and do different, something differently. And if you have, if you've listened to this show and you don't really have a question, you don't really have anything you're curious about, but you've been a consistent le- listener to the show, I would love it if you wrote in with your que- like your achievements. What have you done with this? I show up in your podcast app five days a week. So what have you learned? What have you know? What do you share with other people? How, what are the biggest takeaways for you? I would really love to know the value that um, you get from the show. And if you don't have a specific specific question, but you have a topic you would like me to conquer and cover, certainly toss that my way. I've got an empty inbox and I would love to fill it up. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having this conversation and being curious enough to ask the question twice. You can always find me over at Heather at heathergrayconsulting.com. Thanks so much for today. I look forward to talking to you next time. Bye for now.